This is episode number five. War on debt. Wake up, America. Save the great American enterprise. Break up the monopsony. We are voting Americans. We as voting Americans have allowed our great uh, American enterprise and government to institutionalize through laws, regulations, and huge government, federal and state governmental agencies, redundant from Washington to each state capital. This has heaped a 40% fixed overhead on the small businesses that are the mainstay of American enterprise, GDP, and technology. We are dominated by academic issues rather than problem solving. As a result, the majority of voters are not empowered to find a reasonable candidate nor party as it makes costs, MBZs, millions, billions, and zillions to run for office, leaving out 99% of voting Americans. It is time for the private sector to take back the enterprise. With government employing 22 million bureaucrats across the country who also vote for the inbred partisanship for the incumbent, we have an oxymoron form of democracy and politics. This is called a monopsony, or another word is socialism, or a government that is the purchaser of last resort or all services and commodities, could call it communism, thereby eliminating competition of thought, ideas, and wealth to the very few who run the monopsony, uh, could, could also be called the Politburo, through institutionalization. This is the exact opposite of a monopoly where the seller of services and commodities limits competition and destroys quality for the sake of control and profit. Neither serve the greater good. I call this the monopsony game and is chronicled in my book by the name of Failing Government Ticket the Way, uh, published by Exlibrius. The proof, if you question my book, said facts, visit uh, www.debtplot.org with that estimate, which is uh, sponsored by the uh, uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, estimates estimates by the American Chamber of Commerce that the foreign federal government books are being cooked to the tune of the national debt being over $123 trillion, and the annual deficit is $15 trillion by not recording obligations that should be funded as we go, not when we have to pay them. A surefire way to implode our financial balloon. This situation exists in every state and local government units to the tune of 50 trillion. Where some some will report surpluses by recording all obligations, there is a deficit of mind-boggling negative working capital and deteriorating infrastructure, such as bridges and roads, to all those governmental pensions that have been passed into law by the service unions without rules or means to fund them as we go. If this is true, how do we stay open for business? Well, every unit, as does uh, the federal government, issue revenue bonds. Those are called derivatives or treasury bills pushing the debt to the future. As those bodies default on their debt instruments, including foreign investors such as China, Japan, Russia, Saudi Arabia, the balloon will burst. The first to contest the facts are those 
government workers who will then realize that their nest eggs are worthless and aren't going to be paid. The response will be riots in the streets demanding that they be paid so they can have the, the high life on the hog that is the law. And the foreign investors in T-bills will demand their interest be paid and want some collateral for the debt. We are effectively mortgaging our national resources and uh, land of the free to be merchant to to our merchandising competitors. To save the enterprise, the will of the many shall overcome the restrictive rules of the few, or we are killing entrepreneurial spirit and economies and their intent. I quote Adam Smith, Health of Nations, 1776. The general industry of the society never can exceed what the capital of the society can employ. As the number of workmen that can be kept in employment by any particular person must bear a certain proportion to his capital. So the number of those that can be continually employed by all members of a great society must bear a certain proportion of the whole capital of that society and never can exceed that proportion. No regulation of commerce can increase the quantity of industry in any society beyond what its capital can maintain. It can only divert a part of it into a direction into which it might not otherwise have gone, and it is by no means certain that this artificial direction is likely to be more advantageous to the society when that into which it would have gone of its own accord. Continuing, not only does uh, the great American enterprise uh, have unrecorded debt of 123 trillion due to uh, unrecorded obligations, this creates for the USA uh, a negative net worth, uh, negative working capital, inability to cover debt service, which is interest out of, of tax, current revenue and is deferring millions in liabilities to the future. We have let Congress knowingly cook the books by accelerating tax collections and deferring payments, then borrowing the difference. This is a definition of insolvency, then bankruptcy, that usually requires a Chapter 11 plan of reorganization in the free market uh, if the organization is to survive or chapter seven or 13 if it cannot survive. If we uh, go to New York City on the uh, US Chamber of Commerce building, uh, we will see what is called the debt clock, the United States National Debt Clock. And you can get it on your cell phone or your desktop or your tablet, www.us debtclock.org. And according to the figures that are now being displayed, 
we have a $22 trillion uh, debt uh, and a $22 trillion accumulated deficit uh, and do not have any uh, surplus. And under generally accepted accrual accounting, uh, we've got unfunded pensions, uh, un unfunded entitlements, and deferred contract debt for public for the for the public sector. This is 123 trillion unfunded debt and a 59 trillion dollar total national debt. 50 states debt reported on the cash basis now exceeds 4.2 trillion dollars. Many contemplating bankruptcy. California alone 61 617 billion with 15 of the largest U.S. cities near bankruptcy. New York leads with 4.9 million, uh, I'm sorry, billion, all reporting on the cash basis of accounting, thereby, thereby understating the debt by more than 100%. The estimated population of the United States is 313 million, so each taxpayer's share of unfunded debt is over a million dollars, with 10,000 baby boomers retiring every year, no, every day. The national debt has continued to increase in, average, in a, an average of $4 billion per day since September 28, 2007, the, the day of the great, the, the year of the Great Depression. 37 million Americans have college loans totaling $1 trillion exceeding credit card debt. Most will not be able to service that debt, let alone liquidate it. They face unemployment, driving up another entitlement, unemployment checks. Concerned? Then just try to tell Congress and the White House. Gross national income is $15.2 trillion. Current prices, uh, that's the current um, uh, prices of the 20, in 2011 by the World Bank. U.S. budget deficit has a record of 1.4 trillion for the, for, uh, no, it's really now almost three trillion for the year ended 2019, September 30th, 2019. U.S. Congress estimates, estimates say a total trade deficit is over 800 billion with China at 300 or 400 billion. The deficit was, deficit was equal to 9.9% of gross, gross domestic product, GDP, more than treble the 2008 level and the highest since the end of World War II. The interest paid on total national debt is $3 trillion. Currently, the USA has, as I had said, negative net worth, negative working capital, inability to cover debt service out of net income, and is deferring trillions in liabilities to the future because of this bleak financial situation that exists up until uh, 2020 and getting worse every day. Uh, read my mind is not the old entitlements. Legally withheld money does not belong to government discretion, but the new entitlements create or erode business profits. Politicians who want to dwell on 
issues, differences of opinion between the red and the blue, rather than deal with the problems they themselves either enacted or failed to solve, are avoiding the reality that government government's number one responsibility and purpose is to enforce the law, not just make more laws. The problem with the budget is not the entitlements, but the elderly, impoverished, and unhealthy. It is that Congress itself is expanding government for the sake of power with new entitlements. I reiterate with rational business theory uh, can resolve the deficit problem by the following. Number one, cut government payroll, health care benefits, and pensions at all levels of federal and state and, and local uh, employees. To balance any insolvent business, the first move is to cut back to the break-even point, which typically starts with payroll. Government payrolls around the U.S. total 22 trillion, no, 22 million um, employees or an annual payroll of $1.5 trillion and fund-funded pensions totaling $25 trillion. Number two, economize on in, in misdirected wars, failed diplomacy policies, and pursuit of freedom for all in spite of the reality of warlords and dictatorships under the auspices that we can win the war on terrorism by changing the regime. Stop the pursuit of liberty for all discontinuing for all by discontinuing all foreign aid until we have balanced the budget. Three, reduce defense spending by 300 400 billion by bringing troops back into our line into our lines of defense for our borders, airports, transportation lines, energy sources, and clean up the city, education, delivery, and infrastructure, and uh, poverty-stricken neighborhoods. Four, finance the balance of trade deficits by assessing a sales distribution fee of 5% of the sales created and created and serviced by American companies for foreign products, thereby creating thereby creating 5% of a $75 billion per month in trade deficits or annual reduction in the trade deficits of 90 billion per year in uh, service revenues for funding capital for small businesses in the USA. Finance number five, finance healthcare through a withholding program and an enterprise approach to delivering paying, paying and monitoring quality of life healthcare programs through mutual health insurance companies that invest the funds the American uh, enterprise, particularly small businesses and entrepreneurial uh, uh, institutions. Six, finance Social Security with an increase in retirement age to 75 and an increase in the withholding rate to 10%, 5% for beneficiaries and 5% for the enterprise. Seven, incorporate uh, our own OPEC, organize, Organization of Purchasers in Energy Companies, to, to negotiate with the Mideast OPEC countries to be uh, the countries to be offered stakes in the new corporation would be, or the consortium would be Russia, Japan, China, Canada, Great Britain, Germany, and any other members desiring to control the cost of energy around the world. Eight, finance the affairs of the United States using value-added 
tax-based on each taxpayer's net worth. All taxpayers re replaced by a 5% of net worth. Those who have profited from the American enterprise economy should pay more than those that work for those entrepreneurs and businesses. Nine, turn lawmakers into job makers, leaving having 50% of the elected officials from the private sector. And for every bill passed, a law must be removed. All regulations that inhibit business are removed systematically, reducing the cost of government and stimulating the creation of new products and jobs. Illegal aliens need to be processed into the Social Security system with green cards and job training to replace job force being decimated by retiring baby boomers. Uh, 10 requires fair representation for the use of demonstration projects and grants for research and development funded by taxpayer monies to include a private sector competitive input before issuing the funding. America needs fair representation of the private sector, aging Americans, middle class taxpayers, fringe groups who do not have a, a party. Look at the American flag, red on the right, blue on the left, and white in the middle, not being represented. It has nothing to do with color of skin, but the color of money. Left supported by the socialists, right supported by the industrialists, and the middle, middle that has to be represented by enterprise. <clears throat> Continuing. Currently, incumbents, congressional committee chairmen, and power brokers are based on tenure. Government employed attorneys, lifetime public servants, inherited offspring, and aspiring egos representing the academic world keep, keep the farm animals in check, now to force defined as the intellectual elite, elite or monarchy. It is their dominance over the last six presidents that have desecrated the Constitution and budget. Now is the time for the private sector to seek and take their share of the authority since they pay the bulk of the payroll and overhead of everyone. That includes the government employees. That is what the private sector is good at, meeting budgets and making money. Welcome to the new unchecked entitlements promulgated by our socialistic government. Minimum wage. There are people proposing that the minimum wage be $22 an hour. What does this do for the number of employees? They'll have to be cut. If we're going to pay them twice or three times what they're making, we, we, we better use technology so we don't need as many. Another entitlement, Obamacare, which is an abomination. Food stamps. They're being uh, now established on the basis of looking for a job, which is a step forward. Public sector employees. We've got 22 million. I mean, when the when the depression came, we should have cut out 25 percent of of the of the government employees to balance the fact that the economy had suffered from the Fed increasing the interest rates. Unemployment insurance, workman's comp, disability coverage, welfare, minimum wage, which I think I've already covered. I did, sorry. Uh, group health insurance covered by COBRA, paid for by the business. 
paid leave, pensions for unionized public employees. How could this happen? How could that happen? Well, there are certain axioms uh, that will explain this. Axiom number one, right now the private, and I'm sorry, the public sector with the help of unionization is holding the private sector hostage when the founder of the republic envisioned the enterprise should be writing the rules of engagement and the public sector would be reviewing enforcing them and engaging those principles and incentive-based taxation. Therefore, there would be no need for collective bargaining, uncontrolled benefit perks, benefits, perks, and automatic salary increases. We have allowed our fixed overhead government labor benefits and pensions to escalate beyond what our enterprise can afford. The great American enterprise is what I'm talking about. 22 million government employees with a $1.25 trillion annual payroll plus Cadillac health insurance coverages, pensions, and guaranteed raises while the private sector is downsizing employment, eliminating funding for health care, and doing away with retirement plans with the unions immigrating into the public sector. Uh, With a a sidebar here, these things are are slowly changing under the current administration of of President, President Donald J. Trump. Currently, the public sector at all levels of government cooks the books by operating on a cash basis rather than the generally accepted accounting principles that govern the private sector. As a result, tax revenues accelerated by withholding and tax estimates and expenditures deferred by budget budget proxy for availability of cash, thereby thereby always creating a deficit at all levels of government which destroys the enterprise's capability to generate profits, cash flow, and and development of capital. The difference between accrued revenues and payables, if applied to government accounting, would show that a $10 trillion annual deficit and $100 million trillion debt to unfunded government pensions and entitlement liabilities. Cooking the economics with lawmaking. Example, in 2010, the state of Illinois passed 300 new laws that by law have to be funded, creating 150 million in additional annual regulatory costs, which having a $12 billion annual deficit and a $93 billion unfunded pension deficit. Then the merry men lawmakers decided to increase taxes by 60% and authorized 45,000 video gaming gambling locations and also reserved funds from the sin, the sin tax to detect and treat habitual gamblers, gamblers' diseases. All of this with four of the last seven Illinois governors in prison for corruption. Not only that, Illinois' new governor, J.B. Pritzker, has, got, has passed uh, sports gambling 
and legalized marijuana, and now proposing a graduated income tax. As George Washington envisioned, government is not the reason. It is not eloquent. It is a force. Like fire, it is as dangerous. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Pearl Harbor is the reason America was able to organize and energize the American nationalistic and patriotic capital that won World War II in four years. The production of weapons and, and hard goods activated and capitalized on the best of American hard work for a purpose. We must now use the same patriotic enterprise formula to win the war on debt. If we do not, the world leadership that is shifting will bury us in the end next to the Roman Empire, Great Britain, Mayan Empire, USSR, fascist Germany, Italy, and the Persian Empire. All had one thing in mind, control the world. Is that where we are? Axiom number two. America's investment in the wars of ideological differences has cost America's capability to create productive jobs under the guise of national defense. $3 trillion spent on weapons of mass destruction never are never used, and an annual defense budget of seven to $800 billion per year take capital out of the pockets of the job creators. I call this national offense rather than national defense which in many instances makes us as bad as our self-made enemies. Unless we resell the weapons to our war enemies, the investment in weaponry does not create GDP. It creates ill will in every world, in the very world markets that want to compete with us and have us emerge as their consumers and creditors. Cooking the economics war debt capital. Example, China now owns by default our productive processes, it profits and, gener and generation of new capital, and the generation of new capital. Saudi Arabia now owns our energy resources. Korea and India are taking over our technology and automobile markets. Mexico's eroding our immigration control and automobile production. Emerging nations now have captured control of our American consumers with lower prices and improved quality due to the theft of our creative ideas that are not being capitalized for our own economy. Cooking the economy with regulations. Why is this? Regulations, taxation, the new entitlements of minimum wage, unemployment taxes, workman comps, benefits, food stamps, disability, welfare, national health care, 22 million government workers, enforcing the stifling constraints as the IRS, HHS, CMS, OSHA, GAO, the Fed, SBA, FHA, EEOC, SSA, congressional committees with no accountability and the use of punitive civil penalties and felony charges that scare off entrepreneurs, the developer, the developers of all jobs. Cooking the economics with tax rates and deductions. Axiom number three, current taxation based on adjusted gross income, AGI, allows the haves to avoid income taxes and allows enterprising Americans to finance the haves businesses. Parents, sales taxes, property taxes, sin taxes at every level of society are the majority. The have-nots invest in enterprise while the haves control the enterprise. 
to capitalize the enterprise, we should be taxing the haves net worth. And so they have to reinvest in the formation of capital for competing with the rest of the world rather than borrowing from our competition. Otherwise, we are truly bankrupt. More borrowing is not capital. It is an addictive habit that results in the breakdown and destruction of the American dream. Cooking the enterprise with interest rates. Axiom number four. Then the war on debt is an investment in peaceful competition through winning the economic war worldwide. America is the giant consumer that is supporting the entire world's productive processes. When the Fed created the current worldwide depression by gambling away our flow of credit by increasing the exchange rate by 500% in two years and then blamed the housing market and Wall Street for everything, this is a history repeating itself. The interest game destroyed the savings and loan banking system for a reason. It was for bankers worldwide to control the economy by lowering, lowering their risk and withholding the flow of capital through subsequent monetary regulations i.e. financial reforms that destroy profits and inhibit the flow of capital to job creators, thereby creating more and more debt. Repeating the past is insanity. In 1981, President Carter's world was even more inhibiting because he and his Keynesian Treasury Secretary Volcker allowed the Fed to jack up the prime rate to 23%, thereby stifling entrepreneur efforts for a decade for Greenspan and Reagan to untangle, all in, in the economic theory that inflation is caused by too much money supply in the system and interest rates will slow down production so prices can be controlled by the banks. Can you even remember when, where the savings and loans went after Carter and Volcker buried them with high prime rate interest rates? Lo and behold, Volcker surfaced again as President Obama's economic advisor during the current depression. He and our Federal Reserve continued to kill the economy slowly. Now that uh, Ben Bernanke's depression has swept worldwide, our leadership is proposing more social and big, big business stimulus rather than infusing taxpayer money into small business creativity. That solely by surely is being reversed by our new president, Donald Trump. It is the new entitlements that further destroy the American worth, work ethic. We need to protect the entitlements that help our elderly and needy by investing money saved on reducing and eliminating the new entitlements that strap our enterprise. We no longer can just stand for free enterprise. We need to invest in energy and patriotism of the American worker as we did in the 1940s to win a war on our very existence. And it only took four years to win it. The war in the 2010s is the same type of war. It is to save the national standard of living and allowing all of the people, the have-nots, to have opportunity to succeed, which is the American dream, not just the elite, the haves, who can afford higher education with jobs already secured in the public sector. Cooling the debt and heating up the economy, axiom number five. <clears throat> Declare war on Americans' debt. If you believe in the American work ethic that World War One, World War Two, but has not been the same since, needs to be re-energized with war on debt. Then lower the new entitlements and protect the needed safety nets. 
debt entitlements, which are Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and invest the savings and revitalize the tax base for recapitalizing American productive energies, thereby creating uh, millions of jobs so people don't need unemployment, workman's comp, disability, uh, unfunded pensions, welfare, and food stamps. We are losing the war on debt. Our 13 trillion annual GNP is not growing. Well, that was true when I wrote this book, but now it is growing under the current administration, Republican Republican administration. There was 19.7 million government employees when I wrote this book. There are now 22 million. 25 trillion unfunded pensions for government employees. One trillion increase in annual debt per year due to shortfall in tax revenues due to the 2007 to 2012 depression and stagnant GDP growth, which Trump is now reversing. $1 trillion in annual capital generation being lost by taxing the haves net worth. Read my lip, read my mind or lips. It's the overhead, it's the public payroll, it's unionization and public pension plans to fund punitive regulations. Lawmakers and regulators are killing the golden goose. During the recent financial implosion created by monetary mismanagement by the Federal Reserve and the Department of Treasury's Treasury business has had to downsize, lower the payrolls, it lowered the benefits and unfunded pensions, it lowered retirement income savings, it killed the 401k plans of 20 million Americans. Lower productive capital, fewer small business, fewer new jobs. Lower tax revenues to fund bloated government payroll so we have more debt, lower investment in research and development. All these uh, perils are now being reversed by our current Republican administration. Resulting, this resulted in higher unemployment, more difficulty to innovate new products, more bankruptcies. More distrust of politicians and lawmakers, more government regulations and policing of these laws, more crime and killings in the ghettos, more collapse of the infrastructure. Problem, as government grows, enterprise shrinks. All this rhetoric is focused on entitlements, not on government payroll. Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security are not the real problems. It is the regulatory power over them based on the Constitution, funded entitlements, and and criminal law are the only reason to have government in the first place. At the same time, government at all levels continues to grow. The $700 stimulus funds increased the number of government contracts and employees by hundreds of thousands nationwide with a corollary increase in the regulators and IRS agents. The service unions made sure their, their wages increased 10%. Their pensions grew by the same multiple. Their accountability was diluted due to focus on the use of laws to restrict small businesses, business financing as more and more non-productive workers are employed by state, local, and federal governments. We now have 22 million government employees at every level of the bureaucracies nationwide 
enforcing small and large business regulations with punitive infringement. That is a $1 trillion annual payroll, 33% of the annual federal government budget, and 11% of the $22 trillion deficit. The public sector pensions are the ripple effect of allowing unionization of public workers while increasing the public payroll and have increased the unfunded debt 20 times the annual payroll or 20 trillion. Our diplomats and politicians continue to, to placate OPEC and the costs continue to follow the, imper, imper, the imperial, imperial movements by the USA. Why not form our own OPEC and include members such as China, Japan, Russia, Canada, to allow demand to dictate the competitive price, not the one-sided formula that we now face. In the meantime, the private sector continues to shrink. 17 million unemployed. For every private sector job lost, there should be a corresponding loss of jobs at the public sector. This was during the the Great Depression of 2005 to 2000, uh, probably 2016 when Trump took over. Uh, to reduction in investment capital and nas- national wealth by 50% due to more and more so-called financial reform handcuffs. That's the Dodd-Frank Frank bill, for example, for the reduction of national wealth, so the reduction, and so goes the reduction in taxes. 10% increase per year in the imbalance of trade and the increase in the trade deficit of $44 billion per month. For every increase in the trade deficit, there will be a reduction in trade restrictions in those countries. Those are being correct, corrected by redoing all of our trade agreements by the current president. Two trillion in debt to uh, China, Japan, OPEC, and the other so-called trade partners. For every increase in debt in our, to our consumers, we should charge them for our for use of our consumption market. 100% increase in energy costs. For every increase in the cost per barrel of oil, we should purchase from our purchasing partners, China, Japan, Russia, Canada, and Argentina. As a result, small business cannot borrow capital. It needs to innovate the very solutions that bail out, bail out the bankruptcy being caused by the politicians, regulators, and bureaucracy. Big mis- business has invested more in political action and lobbyists than research and development to curtail our energy shortages and trade deficits. GDP and GNP and these tax base have fallen, all fallen, then flattened, and will continue to follow the traditional investment of taxpayer money by the biggest casino in the world, the Federal Reserve Bank. Meanwhile, the red and white, the red and blue parties fiddle while America burns, a strategy of false hopes and a mosquito effort to swat at the Goliath debt and stall everything by using abortion as a stalemate. Why they do not want to say the words that are the solution. I quote, what is the difference between a cynic and an, and an agent of change? The cynic creates the problem, then calls it an unresolvable issue, and the agent of change defies the problem and imposes a solution. That was Winston Churchill. Solution. Cut the frigging government's payroll. 
downsize public sector, upsize private sector, free business to grow its own work, its own work ethic, and competitive technology for prosperity. Why should the private sector be expected to absorb the exorbitant cost of wasteful government overhead? Healthcare costs are being shifted to the private worker, while the public workers get the health care, free health care. Pension costs and, and raises are being taken away from the private sector workers, while the public workers get guaranteed union-backed pensions and wage increases. The average government worker makes 60000 a year, the average up to 125000 and the average private sector makes between 40000 and 60000 Obviously, the overhead from non-productive government jobs are sinking the great ship enterprise. Continuing, I can tell you how to save the ship with annual savings. Cut congressional and state legislative salaries by 25% equals $400 million in savings. Cut the number of government employees by 25%, $200 billion per year savings. Cut defense spending and proliferation of weapons by 25% and bring our troops home and stop trying to re, uh, do regime change, $500 billion in savings. Cut energy costs using the purchasing OPEC to balance trade deficits in oil, with oil-producing countries, $500 billion in savings. Repeal unaffordable pension plans and cut costs by 25%, which is a trillion in savings by requiring that they, that they have a 401, we call it a 4 I think 410K plan for public employees. Cut the size of legislative salaries, benefits, and, and, and power, $50 billion savings. Reduce laws and regulations by 25%, billion, $50 billion in savings. Take the power of monetary policy and interest rate manipulation away from the Fed and allow markets to afford borrowed capital equals a trillion dollars in savings to to small businesses. Conservative annual savings to Americans by lowering government payroll and debt equals $4 trillion in savings. If we wait for the so-called public servants to reduce their share of the problem and continue to pass laws we cannot afford our need, nor need, we will not only be insolvent but also bankrupt as a nation. Lawmakers traditionally ignore financial responsibility by heaping on more and more laws. Every law costs a minimum of five million per year in government payroll to enforce the law. For example, the implementation of health care reform will take 16,000 IRS agents, 15,000 GOE government auditors to police the law, and 100,000 more government employees to enforce it. She equals 100 billion per year just to police something that would not cost us one dime according to President Obama. For every law passed, there should be a sunset or uh, on 10 laws we really do not need or have forgotten what they stand for. Again, I reiterate, many of these things are being uh, activated by uh, our current Republican administration, despite the control of the House by the Democrats. 
Results, fewer unneeded laws and more active private sector in the decision-making. Balance federal and state budgets in four years on the generally accepted uh, counting principles basis. Growing stock market and dynamic capital available. Well, the current administration has proven by lowering taxes uh, will stimulate growth in the GDP and the stock market. A balanced budget for growing entitlements. Medicare and Social Security are saved. Voter and taxpayer taking a more active role in public service. My idea is that everybody commits at least five years of their career to working in the, the public sector. Peace movements expanded by funding the development of investment around the world rather than weapon deployment. Lower energy costs and more partnerships with entrepreneurial countries who are consumers themselves. How can we do this in the next decade? Using the American Enterprise Party platform to solve problems, not just buying with political speeches about issues. In energy, we form our own competition. Debt downside all levels of government. Deficit offset the balance of trade deficits and interest from borrowing from um, our, our competitors. Um, require a 5% distribution fee for to these uh, to China, Japan, Korea, India, Mexico for utilizing the American consumption giant markets by displaying their products on our shelves space, shelf space. Aliens should be nationalized to replace our retiring baby boomers at the borders with a requirement of speaking English, paying taxes, and obtaining citizenship. Taxation will be eliminated and be based upon a, a, an investment as so a percentage of net worth for reinvesting in our GN, G, GNP and GDP for seeding the enterprise, there, thereby elimin, eventually eliminating all of other taxes. Healthcare must be funded by withholding from the individual for private accounts and mutual private insurance companies who manage the equity through investment in the American economy and disbursement for individual preservation of health and pursuit of wellness. Uh, entitlements must be honored so we do not rob from the needy for the sake of the elite's pensions, capital hoarding, and uh, abuse of union contracts.